This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. Host Matt. And we, it's worth mentioning as well, we are realtors in Vancouver with Scalina Real Estate Group and Oakwind Realty. And today, we've got a phenomenal show. We do. This is, uh, we haven't done this in a while. We have Calvin Hexter on the show. Yes. A uh, big fan of Calvin Hexter. He is the team lead of uh, Calvin Realty and uh, they're, they're with EXP Realty in Edmonton. This guy is the definition of investor-friendly agent. Unbelievable. I, I love guys like Calvin because he basically found a niche. Yes. Fell in love with investing, found his niche, and he goes deep. He focuses on invest investment properties entirely, basically. Right. And man, this guy finds deals and puts deals in front of people. Like, we're both on his mailing list. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of new people on his mailing list after this he, show. He, uh, but he, he puts deals out like I get typically. I'm I'm going to just guess. I get one to three deals from him that are kind of hand picked every week. Off market deals, fix and flips, uh, seller financing deals, crazy like, crazy cash flow deals. Yeah, it's 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 a really great list to be on because one is uh, before that I didn't know much about Edmonton before I started talking to Calvin. And now watching the market, I'm like, oh yeah, I know generally speaking the different asset classes that he kind of presents. And there's a lot of kind of overlap in, in the type of stuff that he he works on, but he knows where the deals are. He knows where the opportunities are for the specific type of investor that he's working with. And he doubles down on those types of deals. And he's also one of these guys, and we, we talk about it, but he's one of these guys that uh, works with a lot of people outside Edmonton. So right. he's got a team. It's like plug and play. Uh, it's just, it's great. So Calvin Hexter's on the show is fantastic. And Adam, it's worth noting, like we've over the years talked about many different markets because for one, it's hard to cash flow in Vancouver. Like we love growth markets. Yes. And we're in a growth market. We both operate and invest in this growth market, Vancouver, yeah. but cash flow is difficult. And it's, it's getting more difficult, I think, throughout the province. I mean, it's not, there are cash flow opportunities. It's still great to go to secondary markets. I mean, um, we're in Kelowna, for example, Victoria, uh, parts of the island. These make sense for investors. Absolutely. But when you actually pull back and look at those numbers, like where the numbers are today with the interest rates, it's tricky because those markets are very expensive now as well. Right. So where can you go? And we get this question a lot. Where can you go for a very reasonable price per door where you're going to get good cash flow, you're in a market where there's there's lots of jobs and there's there's a lot lots of government, government jobs, jobs. Yeah. and you're still in a place that is uh, well, I mean, depends your definition on livable. They've got a pretty rough winter, rough but winter, it's, uh, but, but it's uh, generally speaking, it's stability. a stable city. Yeah, and what what I like about Edmonton is in every portfolio, you know, you should diversify. You don't want you don't want to buy three condos in the same building, right? And if you're building real estate investment portfolio, it's worth having really strong cash flowing properties right off the hop. Sure. And Edmonton provides that. And you definitely want to be in growth markets as well. I like think Vancouver. That's, that's exactly it. And it's it's about diversity and and diversifying your portfolio. And it's also like in, in why now when you think about it, but like with these interest rates, right? How many people were on variables right now kind of sweating a trigger point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sweating a trigger point and or you know, you were neutral or slightly negative in terms of cash flow, and now you're getting crushed. Sure. Or, um, or I'll, I'll say it differently. If you've been in growth markets, maybe you're at a point in your life now where you're looking for cash flow, and you're looking to to maybe sell out of uh, the uh, the market in Vancouver and to buy something that's uh, more cash flow friendly. And Edmonton could be a, a great addition to your portfolio. Absolutely. I feel like we've listed about four or five reasons why Calvin's on the show today. He's also just a great guy. He's a great guy. He's a very smart guy and he's a very good agent. So it's great to have uh, Calvin Hexter on. 
Yeah, for sure, Matt. Before we cut to that, though, I want to just make a plug here. It is the spring market. We have a new website. We have the sold plan, which is at Podcast.com. A ton of good feedback, this sold plan. It's something that you and I developed together in the lab, pen and pad. Sold plan got uh, got formulated about, well, about a year or two ago, a few years ago. It basically um, took a, a decade's worth of, <laughs> of, lessons, of and, lessons and compiled them into a short digestible document. I think it's like four pages. It's it's the perfect thing. But Big font, though. The, Big font. The, <laughs> yeah. 72 Helvetica. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. The uh, thing about this document is the idea is start on launch date. So you pick the day that you plan to list, and then it gives you basically a to-do list of things to get done before your list date. So we go back about two weeks prior and say, here's what you need to get done before your listing. And you know what? There's also just a lot of good advice. If you might be six months out, but this is going to be very useful because it's going to give you cues for what's to come. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's it's a good preparatory document for sure. And Adam, one of the things we'd heard over the years, so many people on the sold plan, but it was hard to get. Yes, that, that was we the changed thing, that. Right, we changed that. Literally, you can go to the Van- VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. You hit sell with us. There's a big, bright button that says sold plan. You click that it delivers a link where you get the document. It downloads in real time. No questions asked. Absolutely. So definitely sign up for the sold plan, Matt. And without further ado, this is a great conversation. We got Calvin on the line from Edmonton. I learned a lot. I'm sure uh, you did as well. Uh, And I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm always excited. Uh, But anyways, this is a great episode. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Berquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one-beds to three-beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic inspired design. Register today at marcon.ca slash sonehouse. That's S O E N H A U S. Or you can learn more at marcon.ca or follow them at Instagram at Marcon Homes. Marcon, building for life. Okay, so we're here with Kelvin Hexter. He is a realtor, investor, and he is uh, the founder of Kelvin Realty, a growing team. I think you've got... How many people do you have? 11 people right now? Yeah, we are up to 11 people. Just hired on two agents and then one new admin coming through. Wow. So it's been great. That's super exciting. A lot of growth in the last few years that we've known you. So congratulations on that. And uh, maybe, Kelvin, for our listeners, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Of course. So I'm out of Edmonton, Alberta. I uh, know the area very well. I've lived in this, lived here pretty much my entire life. Started in investment real estate outside of my own primary residence back in 2013. Uh, stumbled across it uh, just by simply a friend calling me up one day saying, hey, Calvin, guess what I just did? I was like, what? And he's like, I bought my neighbor's house. I was like, okay, because <laughs> he already had his own primary residence. So I was like, so you have two houses, one for the weekend, you know, one for the weekday. And he's like, no, I'm going to rent it out and make a profit. And he went through the numbers and was like, that makes a lot of sense. And I made a goal of myself to do the exact same thing that year. So I did probably the world's worst burr back in 2013. So if anybody ever wants to compare an absolute terrible, terrible burr, I mean, I will put this up for the running any single time and I think I'll win. So <laughs> from that point, learned from my mistakes, continued in the investment real estate world, was doing fitness full-time as a regional manager and then ended up committing to getting my real estate license in 2018 and went straight investment focused. So since then, we specialize with investment real estate. We work with clients across Canada. You know, good reason how I was able to uh, get connected with Adam 
And uh, we specialize with clients that are looking at doing fix and flips, burrs, turnkey properties, um, creative. We do a lot of creative deals as well. And then we do like the smaller scale multifamily. I continue to grow my portfolio and invest myself. In the last two years, it's been heavy on the private lending more than anything. I find it's the the only thing I can trade off that, you know, it's the only time, energy and money that I have at the end of the day that I'm able to, uh, you know, make work as opposed to getting into a lot of other real estate projects. So I have a diverse portfolio, but I do it myself. So yeah, if you ever want to trade war stories, I am the guy to go with. And Calvin, and I mean, this is a, this is maybe a, a personal question, but how many doors are you at now? Yeah. So currently at 15 doors. Um, and we, I primarily do residential myself. We, I, I invest in a fund. So I have a ton of capital into a fund with this local uh, investor. And he, um, so I buy into his fund and essentially he's at, I think, 450 doors. He usually buys large multifamily, usually 100 units at a time. So I've teamed up with him and I've been working with him a little bit and have been supporting him. So combination of the doors, the fund, and then a ton of private lending. So. That's that's great, and and I should say yeah. before we even get started, you know, I've been on your email list for a long time, and man, I don't know anyone who who takes as much time and effort into their uh, subscriber base for putting deals in front of people. So uh, something we'll talk about later on, I'm sure, but uh, that's it, it, it's a fantastic email to be uh, to be linked to for sure. Absolutely, yeah. We lots of lots of good looking deals on market and a ton of off market deals. So. So Calvin, before we get started on the market, I think there's got to be a couple people out there listening that that want to hear this Burr story. Yeah, yeah, by all means. Okay, so I mean, and anybody that's listening, I mean, I get the question all the time, like, how do you find a good investment-focused realtor? So you know, if if you're listening right now and your goals are investment real estate, that in, that realtor should have experience with investment real estate, and they should be open to telling you their war stories. Okay, because the best thing about knowing the war stories is that they've learned from it and they're going to help prevent you from going down that same direction, that same road that they would once went. Okay. And that's what it's all about. It's, I mean, making sure that you're going to be, you know, down the right path to success. So this story made a goal of myself to purchase uh, my first investment property. Once I learned what investment real estate even was. So at that point, I think I was 21 years old. Didn't know what a property manager did. Didn't know what a burr was until like five years after um, of doing a couple of them. And then finally realized there's like a whole network of, of investors out there. And I thought it was kind of just, you know, someone I did it as a hobbyist and then started to get a lot more serious. But I mean, I was just so eager to get into real estate that one of my neighbors was interested in selling their house. And I didn't do any kind of market evaluation, didn't get a realtor's opinion, didn't know anything about comps or anything. And they wanted me to purchase it at, we'll say, you know, 360. I didn't even know what houses were selling for. I was like, you know what? He wants 360. If I get $10,000 off what he's asking, I feel like I'm in a good spot. Not really knowing, you know, looking at comparables and, and, and what houses should be selling for and everything. So I overpaid for the property by about 15000 15, or so. Um, bought it off market, ended up doing a full renovation. I ended up doing most of the renovations myself for what I could do. Um, our plan was to legalize the basement suite. So we, we had to get obviously the right professionals to do it. But a lot of the work that we could do, I would do. And, and I would do it outside of my 10-hour workday as a regional manager in the fitness industry. So the project should have only taken maybe, I don't know, legally suited property should get it done around four months, three, four months. This project took eight months to complete. I ended up overspending on majority of the items as well. So you know when you go to Home Depot, you have you know option A of toilet one, option B, toilet two. So I didn't realize that I wasn't going to get a better return on my investment by going with the fancier toilet that I would love. So I renovated the house to my liking. So if you're listening to this right now, can you relate? Have you renovated a house for a tenant or for a property, but have done it things to how you would want them to be done? Now, complete opposite way of how you should be going about it. You should be looking at purchasing items that are going to help, you know, be, you know, quote unquote, tenant proof, provide good value. But I mean, it's not necessarily going to get you better ROI. So, so buy the items that are going to be good enough for the property. I overspent on everything, the flooring, the fixtures, the hardware, everything. So, I mean, looking back at it, that project probably should have only cost us, considering how much work we did, maybe 110K in renovations. We, we got the entire inside with the legal suite in. I think at the end, it cost us like 150. 
And I was also doing a ton of the work myself. So it would have been cheaper if I would have hired a general contractor, paid that 15% increase for them to manage it. Products probably, I mean, probably would have came out quite good too. So, I mean, holding costs, borrowing costs, timelines to get tenants in. I mean, one thing I didn't think about either is that we had a, a main floor, you know, main floor that was ready to go, didn't tenant the property and waited for the basement suite to be done as well. So I wasn't making any kind of returns whatsoever until that property was completed. So obviously after that, I was like, Hey, I think I could probably get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a subsidy from the main floor tenant. If I get them in early, maybe give them a little bit of a discount and then start renovations on the basement. So, I mean, you learn so much from a project like that, but it just turned out so bad. I mean, I still have that property in our portfolio. It is cash flowing now, but off the beginning, the numbers did not look good. So it definitely slowed us down a little bit, but I knew that I could do it better the second time. So the second burr that we did, which was in the next six months, was just slightly better and it just continued to improve from there. So that's just a basic glimpse inside the uh, the horror story of the first the first one. And Calvin, just thinking about that, um, like one thing that strikes me from that story is you took the project on yourself and kind of ate a lot of, <laughs> took a lot of lumps along the way, but didn't like, what's a big takeaway there? Is it building a team before you start or like what, what would be the big takeaway there? Yeah. I mean, one thing I, I never schooled myself on is like, you know, taking action is always the biggest piece because you could have everything lined up, but if you never, if you always give yourself a reason of not to take action, you just never will. So that was the one thing that we did really well. One thing that I would say that I, I should have done better is I said I should have did more research prior to it. I mean, aligning yourself with people that have done it before, like you talked about the team, the team is everything. I mean, between having the right lawyer, property inspector, you know, trades that have worked on investment properties before, mortgage broker, accountant, realtor. I mean, if you're in the investment world, the team that surrounds you is going to help support you and it's going to make your life so much easier. And they're also going to help be able to point out any blind spots because if they're investor focused, you might be heading down a road that could be painful, you know, financially and energy and time wise. And, uh, and they could prevent you from going down a terrible, terrible road. So definitely having that team there is, uh, I mean, is, is absolutely essential. Calvin, can we maybe change gears a little bit and talk about how the market is currently in Edmonton? Yeah, of course. So let's, let's rewind it a little bit. So as of today, as of today, it is busy. Um, it's busier than what we'd normally expect pre-spring. Let's dial it back a little bit. Let's go to the last quarter of 2022. So let's think about what was happening in last year. I mean, I think around February, March, most markets peaked in the sense of what average property value was going for, amount of multiple offers, just, you know, like real estate was just roaring last year. And, and every big city or mid-sized city had kind of their peak. And, and the smaller cities had the peak later on in the year. Bigger cities had the peak, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, Ottawa. I think they peaked right around like February-ish um, or so. And then the market started to drop as interest rates started to climb. So last quarter of last year, it was quieter. It was quieter than expected. And there was a lot of hesitation. So a lot of investors, a lot of buyers in general were self-benching themselves. So instead of being on the field playing, they were sitting themselves on the bench, just waiting and watching watching to see what other people are doing, watching to see what was happening with interest rates and, and not actually taking much action at all. So volume went way down. Inventory wasn't getting consumed. And, you know, I can remember this is uh, after all the holidays. So, you know, Christmas holidays, New Year's happened, January 4th hits, my phone goes off like crazy. And it's weird because it's almost like everyone had this, you know, secret meeting about, you know, let's just get started. Let's jump back into real estate. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines. I want to make something happen. January 4th hits, real estate starts going bonkers. So in respect of volume of transactions, just ramped up extremely fast. Usually it's the second week of January. We tend to see the busier influx of buyers. And this year we saw it a little bit earlier and it's been continuing. So right now what we're seeing in, in the market is we finally hit a balanced market. So Edmonton is very much known for like a buyer's market where you can get some really good deals. The buyers always have the you know better negotiating power. So now what we're noticing is that we're seeing a little bit more of a lack of inventory. So it's creating these multiple offer situations. So if you guys were to pick you know five random properties in the MLS that just came out today, there's a good chance one of them would be in a multiple offer situation. Right. Just to kind of give you an extent of of how busy 
it's been and just the lack of inventory. So sellers are enjoying it because they're seeing shorter timelines to sell. They're seeing multiple offers and in some cases getting more than probably market value on their property, especially if the realtor you know strategizes it properly. Um, buyers are seeing good deals, but they're definitely encountering multiple offer situations more and they're having to get more creative. So one of the things that I actually encountered for the first time, which was cool on the selling side, is one of my multiple offer situations. I had one of the families that put an offer in and, and they ended up sending me a video. So I've never actually had this done before and I think it's a fantastic idea. But people are doing, people are thinking outside the box to win these multiple offer situations and it's making the difference. I'll give you a brief example. This offer came in below the other offers. I think there was two, I think it was four offers altogether. This offer was below, I think it was the third for highest price. Conditions were okay. And they had a video where it was the family sitting down, including the, the, the children as well. I think there's two kids. And they were talking about how bad they wanted to live in this house. And it pulled on every single heartstring my, my seller had, and they ended up going with them. So we're seeing some unique things right now in the market, and people are doing what they can and using the playbook properly to be able to win it if they can't, if they know they're not a, you know, a competitor on price. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting time, and it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been a really good time. So, so it sounds, Calvin surprisingly busy is is how i'm thinking about it in edmonton can you talk a little bit about the differences between say early 2022 and and now like our prices have prices come off was it busier say this time last year than than now big time yeah i mean like it, it is busy now but last year was insane i mean we hit a height i think we hit a historical height i think our average Property would sell more for last year than any other timeline in history. I mean, it was uh, last time we saw prices like that was like 2007 ish. So it's been a while since we saw a peak. But I mean, it climaxed fast and then it dropped. So we're, I think we're right now, you know, average property prices, I think we're still about 11% less than where we were last year. Right. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we're still looking, we're, we're looking good. But last year was definitely an exception. Mm. And I think a lot of markets, hit new records last year as well. It was just, it was a crazy time. It was insane. I mean, if you would have had this call with me last year, I would have been a lot more, a lot more exaggerated with, uh, with my vocabulary because it was just, yeah, it was something that I don't think anybody was expecting. Right. So, and, and Calvin, I'm just thinking about uh, your comments on low inventory and here in Vancouver, we we've been talking about like the gener- the amount of equity that people just have in their homes that when we hit down markets, people often just don't sell. Right, they just hang tight. What do you attribute the low inventory in Edmonton to? I mean, at the end of the day, when so a couple of different things. I, I think a lot of sellers didn't have confidence. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can come up with three different you know three different areas that I think is is definitely affecting it. So seller confidence going into this year, a lot of sellers are like, why am I putting my house up for sale? I'm not gonna get a good price. They're looking at the news at the tail end of last year and seeing that nobody was really purchasing. It was cold outside. Interest rates sucked. They're like, I wouldn't want to buy right now either. Why am I putting my property up? So a lot of sellers have just kept their properties off the market. Once the news sees the stats, they will broadcast it and we'll start to see an increase in seller confidence. We'll see more properties hit the market and we'll start to see that you know that typical spring market that we... I, again, I'll be interested to see what happens this year, but um, that's one area is that there's just a lack of seller confidence going into 2023. So naturally, there just wasn't as many properties. I'm also going to say too that we've been getting a ton of out-of-province investors. So not only locally are we getting a lot of you know a lot of buyers that are taking action now that have just you know that that didn't want to take action at the end of the last year, but we're competing this with a lot of out-of-province investors, and it's a lot of Edmontonians coming back to Edmonton uh, as one for for primary homes. We're seeing a lot of out-of-province that are moving here because a lot of young families can't get ahead in the bigger cities like Vancouver. They, I, a lot of these families, I, I don't know what the average age is until they usually get into home ownership in Vancouver. I, if I remember re- correctly, the average stat, I thought it was like just before 40, like right around the age of 40 is where most people can actually afford purchasing a house. I don't know. You probably know that stat more than me. But a lot of people are looking at building equity in their life earlier. A lot of people are moving into the more affordable cities to try and get a head start on uh, on financially being you know a little more successful or set up or you know set up better. So I think that's another one as well. And uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, the the combination. I guess I gave you two instead of the three, but I would say that the two are definitely. I mean, 
it's it's making a difference out here for sure. But I mean, the the, the amount of buyers that are coming through, there's to be a bound of time where there's only so much inventory left. And and that's what we're saying is just the consumption rate is so high right now. So uh, you actually did give us three, I guess, because low inventory because sellers are not confident that the market is there. Then interprovincial migration of of people moving there because of affordability, and then also investors from out of province looking for opportunities, probably with cash flow, I would imagine. Big time. Yeah. yeah. There we go. I did. You, I, you I, did I, give I, us I three. I like it. I like it. There we go. Um, well, let's talk about why you're excited about Edmonton because you've been bullish on that market for years. What's exciting about the city right now? Well, I mean, Edmonton has, uh, they did a growth report back in 2018 and the amount, uh, the increase in population they're expecting some major, major growth over the next decade. So they've already started prepping with building out infrastructure to support that increase in population. So we're seeing, we're seeing things like a bunch of light rail transit systems being set up right now. We have a new hospital that's being developed. Um, a lot, some of our roads, like one of our main roads, the Yellowhead, for those that are familiar with Edmonton, is going into a freeway just to help with easier transportation, there's a ton of infrastructure that's happening. A Blatch, Blatchford community, which is our old municipal airport, it's about 560 acres right in the middle of Edmonton. And that's being developed into residential as well. So there's a ton of, I mean, if you ever want to know if the city's ramping up and, and you, if you're buying in an area that that is posed for good population growth, look at their infrastructure, you know, look at the infrastructure that they have set out in the next decade to see how they're prepping. Because a lot of these times, these cities will do these growth reports and then try and get grants to to help support this increase in growth. So I mean, that's uh, that's been really good. That's been exciting. I mean, in respect of why a lot of out of province investors like investing in Edmonton, uh, a big part of it would be like the landlord tenant rules, which I know you guys are familiar with. They're a lot more lax here. They're a lot more balanced in the sense that it's more favorable to the the landlord. You know, in respect to other provinces where it's very favorable to tenants. You know, somebody doesn't pay rent. It could take you six months to a year to get them out. You know, you have rental increase caps as well. Here we don't. No land transfer tax, no PST, all that stuff. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Right. And and Kelvin, just to, just to uh, dial in there a little bit. So just so we understand the Residential Tenancy Act, I think most of the people listening will be thinking of the situation here in BC, but in Alberta, there's, so a lease is up. You have a tenant that's been in a property for a year at, $1,500, you can renegotiate at any, at any rent, uh, you can come to terms at after that. That's right. hundred percent. Yeah. There's no, so after 365 days, you have the ability as a landlord to increase the rent at whatever amount you want. So if you have a current lease, say for a main floor at 1800 and effectively after the year, if it, because interest rates have gone up and you want to be able to try and maintain, you know, still a respectful amount of cash flow, you have the ability to increase 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. Just know that obviously if you're increasing it too much, you may make it now unaffordable. Right. But we're also starting to see rent prices increase as well. So landlords are able to charge more and help offset the increase in interest rates that we're all dealing with right now. Okay, so we have the Residential Tenancy Act or, or different conditions. Uh, you mentioned there's no property transfer tax, uh, which is, of course, yeah. in British Columbia is, is a pretty onerous tax. What else are investors excited about when, they, when they're looking at Edmonton? I mean, affordability would be a big one, just the ability to get in. Like, I'll give you a basic example. So let's talk in the terms of, I mean, I always like to do like an a la carte menu that if you have this much money, this is what you can buy. And this is kind of what you can expect for cash flow. And then obviously, depending on the area you purchase in is going to be, you know, dependent on tenant profile, vacancy and all that. But let me give you a basic example. So if you were to buy like a single family detached house here, so a lot of people are looking at a single family detached house with like a rental suite in the basement. So normally like a legal suite in the basement, a second kitchen, you have the ability to rent it out. You know, you buy in a good area, we'll say like a C area here, and you can buy it for, we'll say $430,000. So you buy this property for $430,000. You have the ability where you can obviously live in the main floor, live in the basement, rent the other half out, or just obviously is the entire building for rental purposes. You know, an asset like that, right now, you're probably hitting only maybe $100 to $200 in cash flow. If you were to put more money down, obviously a little bit more. When interest rates were good, meaning like, you know, 3%, you'd be anywhere between five dollars to $600 in cash flow. So, 
when the when the interest rates do drop, and I'm expecting that, you know, I, I do have a feeling they're not going to stay this high forever. They might increase a little bit, obviously, depending on what happens with inflation. But we're expecting that they'll eventually drop, and you'll start to see the cash flow numbers again. But overall, your money just gets you more. You don't have to put down 50% to be anywhere near a cash flow state. You can put down much less and still see some positive gains. So I think that's where a lot of the excitement comes from, is just the ability to get into these assets. And I know a lot of these out-of-town, you know, out-of-province investors, new or experienced, a lot of them do take the equity that they've been able to build up. Because, I mean, if you bought in Vancouver, say, even 10 years ago, I mean, you're definitely sitting on equity, no matter the type of asset you probably, you're sitting on. Um, so a lot of them like to take that money out. You get the mortgage pay down, you get the cash flow, the tax benefits, and maybe a bit of appreciation. Hey, everyone. Pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. Well, what happens if an investor from Vancouver has something more like 800,000? Um, 800,000, I'd position you in a, um, a semi-attached duplex. So like a, like a full duplex with rental suites in the basement. So in a case like this, you'd have four units and your cash on cash returns right around like the 10 to 12%. So return wise, that's one of my favorite assets to purchase is the side-by-side duplex with rental suites in the basement. Your returns are just so good. So if you're in a position and you want to be able to weather most storms, no matter what you know the Bank of Canada throws at you for, for variable rates, I mean, I would definitely look at like a suited duplex because the, the returns are some of the best that we've seen. And you can usually negotiate the property managers, like normal residential property management is about 10%, but you can usually negotiate. I know even though you're just under the five units, uh, you usually get a break right around the five units at 4%. You can, you can negotiate them down from the 10% and get them to manage at like six to 8%. So you can save a little bit more money that way too, by having more of the units under the one, you know, the one roof. But that would be one of the better assets that I'd recommend. So, and what kind of cash flow would you you get on that? So, right now, I mean, looking at today's interest rates, if you were to look at purchasing, I mean, a, a legally suited duplex, you could get average price that you'd see is between seven and eight hundred thousand. So, if eight hundred thousand dollars as a budget, you'd be seeing you know roughly cash flow around six seven hundred dollars a month when interest rates were good. I mean, like 3%, we'd be seeing anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 square feet, or sorry, 1,000 to 1,200 in return. And that includes that includes everything, right? Like we're talking... That's your net. The net Every, property, but that's with the property manager managing. That's, that's, that has all your, that's, that's all of your holding costs. So things like your mortgage, your property tax, your insurance, you would have things like your maintenance at say 5%, your vacancy, we would put at 5%, your property management, Put it at like say eight percent. Absolutely, calculating all of those expenses. Yeah. Who shovels the snow? Uh, the tenants do. That's always the number one question. <laughs> That's so funny you say that. So, and you guys actually saw a little bit of snow this year. We did too. more we did than more than we and, cared for, and it was me who shoveled one, the snow. And, <laughs> and schools shut down after you guys get like an inch. Oh, it's man. crazy. Is that right? <laughs> people, people can't drive in the rain here, and it rains for eight months of the year. <laughs> yeah. So. So funny. I know when we get an inch, we're like, we're praising, we're giving each other high fives because we're so happy. It wasn't like, you know, five or six. No, it's not, it's actually not that bad here, but 
because we're used to the, you know, the weather and what it provides, like what, what it brings, the tenant's responsibility would be to maintain the exterior. That means mowing the lawn, raking the leaves, shoveling the snow. Now you could end up having, you know, you can end up paying someone for that, but normally people will end up putting it in the leases. Right. You'd have something as simple as upon snowfall, you have an obligation to remove the snow off the property on these designated areas within 36 hours. That's just in the lease, just like anything else that you want, you know, but it's a little bit more expected here because it's just, it's, it's a part of the, the weather that we see on a regular basis. So it's uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about like a snow removal company. We would typically see that with commercial. So anything with like five units, six units and above, that's where you normally end up paying the extra or that property manager would end up including some kind of snow removal contract with another company. And, and just uh, Calvin, cause you, you mentioned uh, that would be like typically in like a C area. Do you have like a couple sub markets or sub areas in Edmonton that you're that you, you find you place people in more often than not that you like? Because I, I know, and I'm, I'm going to just clarify here, the reason being is a lot of people in Vancouver, like the, the goal here is to kind of invest in as close to a blue chip area as you possibly can. And in thinking about people coming from out West, like what would be like a fairly blue chip area for Edmonton? Yeah, I mean, so if you're looking in like the B, B or A areas, just know that you're not going to, you're typically not going to cash flow but the benefits of those areas are going to be better tenant profile, lower vacancy. You're probably going to be um, sustaining property value a little bit more when we start to see fluctuations overall in property value. Those areas tend to be a little bit more unscathed, I guess. So just knowing that every area has its benefits. And if you did want to invest in a blue chip area because of the benefits it provides you, and again, it's very investor specific about what's you know valuable to them. But areas I'd be looking at would be like, you know, you could be looking at like Crestwood, Laurie Heights, you know, anything around Otwell is quite good as well. Anything around the University of Alberta gets quite expensive. But I mean, if you're looking for a good, you know, a good assortment of tenant profile, low vacancy, you're going to achieve that. You're going to achieve that there for sure. But one thing I usually do is any investor that's an investing in any market, they should be able to go to their realtor and say, you know, these are the four variables that are most important to me in this order. And then that realtor or that, you know, whoever's guiding them should be able to put them and place them in the areas based on it. And those four variables are, you know, cash flow, tenant profile, vacancy, and appreciation. And I'm not talking about forced appreciation. We're talking about natural appreciation, buying near infrastructure that's going to, you know, eventually when complete, will have larger demand for the area. That's probably going to push your value up a little bit more than, you know, a neighboring community. And what would be your favorite C area right now? Favorite C area right now. I'm really liking the West End. So like a West Jasper, West Metal Arc, there's a ton of development that's happening in this area, plus a new LRT that's coming in the West. West is the area where you have like West Edmonton Mall. It's a lot easier. We have a lot of government jobs here. So a lot of investors like investing in Edmonton versus Calgary just because we're not as weighted, as heavily weighted on oil and gas. We have more like government jobs, manufacturing plants. So a lot of the government workers work downtown. And it's a lot easier to transverse horizontal through the city than it is vertical. So living in the West End and going downtown is a lot more accessible. But I would definitely say the West End is uh, is an area you definitely want to keep your eyes open on. And the affordability is there. So. so in a place like the West End, the affordability is there. It's your favorite C neighborhood. What what would the vacancy look like in, in the West End? Um, I mean, I don't know. The, every, every community is going to be a little bit different. I would expect anywhere between like around 4%, 4 to 5% is is maybe what I'd put it at. I don't know if you'd necessarily hit 5%. I would say you're probably closer to 4%. I also haven't seen any reports, but I mean, we do specialize in investment real estate. So being so, you know, once someone takes possession of a property and they try and tenant it, I mean, I'll usually hear if they have any kind of mm-hmm. difficulties, what their experience has been like, or, I, you know, vice versa, hear from investors that have investing in certain areas and which areas are seeing maximum success. Right and no issues. So there's been a lot of positive feedback on the West End. And you and if I understand correctly, the tenant profile is so the vacancy is you're placing tenants and the tenants are. I know you said you mentioned government workers, but is that who are those folks renting? Presumably they're buying. Um, like who are the renters really? Yeah. So in this area, I mean, the, depending on what the infrastructure is for the area, would obviously based on the infrastructure. Would it would yield a certain diff, you know a certain tenant profile in the West Edmonton? You'd end up finding a, a variation 
you'd have those that are working in, I mean, in the West End, you also, to the North End, you have a lot of manufacturing plants mm. as well. So you'd have, you know, young families, a lot of young families. You'd have some, you know, professionals, but you'd have a lot of the, the families is definitely something that you'd be seeing a large, large portion of. Um, in the more affluent areas, you'd be seeing more of the government workers that are renting as well. I mean, you get a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some properties where it's just, it's just, you know, I have this one guy that's been, you know, working for the government for, I don't know, probably the last 20 years or so, and just loves the idea of not ever having to worry about owning a house, taking care of a house, and just like to have that freedom and flexibility. So, I mean, it really depends, but typically they would go into homeownership. But you'd see a bit of a very, I mean, a variety sure. over here, I'd say more than anything. Yeah. And and just thinking, Calvin, if somebody's interested in in learning more about Edmonton, I know, you know, we're talking about cash flow, the net cash flow. Are you, if somebody gets in touch with you, are you able to, presumably you, you're able to hook them up with a team, right? The property manager, uh, the inspector, you, you kind of can handle all that. Yeah, we try and make it easier to invest here than it would be in your backyard. And I know that every city is dealing with different challenges. I think in Vancouver, uh, correct me wrong, but trades is a major issue right now. Like Absolutely. getting a good tradesman, having them stay on the job site, focus on the job site, and actually complete the project. We don't necessarily have those same challenges here. We say a little bit, but not to the same extreme. So in some cases, it actually could be easier to invest over here than in your own backyard, obviously, depending on what your challenges are. But yeah, I mean, you you want to get set up with that professional partner, you know, partnership, you know, even if you're searching for a property. So I'll give you an example. If you guys were ready to buy, you know, to use that example of 800000 what would you do with it? Say we were, you know, starting a search. I came up with a property that looked great. Not only would I go to the property, I would also get the property manager to visit the property once it's pending. And we'd also obviously get the inspector to go to the property to look at overall condition. Uh, we'd also get a contractor to go there as well. So, I mean, you're getting like three to four sets of eyes or you to take a look at this property without the need of you necessarily having to fly down and take a look at it. I mean, if that's an option that's accessible to you and you can fly down, by all means do it, but it can be just as easy and you're going to have, you know, numerous different people providing you Intel and their confidence or lack of when it comes to purchasing any asset. That's fantastic. Well, uh, maybe we'll leave it there, Calvin, but we do have this segment called the five wire, five lighthearted questions that we end the show with. Can you stick around for that? All right. So question number one is one book that you've read recently that you'd recommend for our listeners? Good one. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go back to a classic that I reread probably three times and I try and read it once every two years. I'm just going to do the, uh, the Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. That was always been a classic. I find mindset wise, it puts you in a really good mindset. I mean, outside of you know a couple of the geeky real estate books, I actually love you know, on a side note, love learning about the cartel. And so I have a lot of the only books I read outside of real estate are like cartel related books. So if you guys ever want like a fun cartel book to read about, um, I got a, I got a big stash of them. So <laughs> I was going to switch it up, but I would say business wise, I would say the think and grow rich has always been good for creating mindsets in, in, in a, in a good direction. So fantastic. In the last few years, Calvin, what new belief behavior or habit has most improved your life? Uh, ability to say no. People don't say no enough. You're going to have, when you start to see success, you're going to start to have opportunities. If you take on too many of the quote unquote opportunities, you're going to spread your time and energy too thin and you're not going to be able to actually be a specialty in any one of the directions. You're just going to be okay. So I would say saying no more often and knowing that your time is valuable and using it in the direction that you want to go into. Don't just try and spearhead everything because it's not going to work, right? really understand what your goals are and then ask yourself, you know, does this opportunity provide me one step closer? And if it's a no, that's totally fine. It's going to get you that much closer to the yes. Sound advice. Uh, Question number three, what have you been binge watching lately or a favorite movie recommendation? Um, Binge watching, I need to catch up on The Last of Us, but I would definitely say that that was, uh, I think I'm on episode six right now. And, uh, all my friends were like, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it. Anyway, started watching it. It's excellent. Highly recommend it. So, yeah, we've heard, heard good us. things. That's great. Favorite band or music? You know what? I, uh, I saw Motley Crue when they came down to Edmonton last year. We were on the floor right there staring, you know, right in front of Vince Neal. Vince McNeil, I think his name is. Anyways. Oh, no, Susan I think is, it's Vince Neal. Anyways, is it Vince, Vince Neal? Neal? That's yeah. what it is. Not Vince. Yeah, it is. It's Vince Neal. Yeah. yeah. I've been on like a Motley Crue thing lately. That's great. Yeah, I mean, Best way to start start the week off, 
kickstart my heart. I mean, that's going to get you going. Question number five, something you have purchased for under $1,500 that has changed your life in the last few years. I don't know. I would say there's a, we actually talked about this the other day. I like, what are the hacks of life uh, that are, you know, relatively affordable? You know what? Having a bubbles car wash. Do you guys have bubbles where you are right now? Not, no. not in Vancouver, I don't think. Okay. So one of the biggest things that I can recommend is you always want to start the day off with a clean car. Okay. Just like you want to make your bed, all that stuff. Always want to start your day off with a clean car. Having a bubbles membership or a membership to a car wash where they wash it for you, like literally scrub it down, wipe the door jams and everything. It takes about 10 minutes to go in and out. Cost-wise, you save so much money and you feel so good. Wow. I would say they do not have that here. 100%. It's like almost like a detail. I feel like it's $15 just to drive through the one where nobody, nobody wipes anything. (laughs) (laughs) The spaghetti car wash. That's right. So your, your handheld wash sucks because it's going to take you 20 minutes. It's exhausting. The girlfriend's never going to want to come with you to it. If you can get like a membership somewhere where it's like a hundred dollars or 90 or $80 a month, you go through as many times as you want. They do it for you. It's like, oh, just for time savings, it's been excellent. Highly recommended. You guys can tell I'm obviously very passionate about it. I do not have any shares in bubbles. <laughs> bubbles. So uh, it's, no, it's been good. That w- I would say affordability-wise, mindset-wise, getting yourself ready for the day, that's it. Also, so. you know, the, the salt on the road. This is, you might be the guy to buy the, the car from the prairies from, from Alberta. Yeah, I, 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 would be, I would be that guy. You know it's going to be in good condition. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, well, Calvin, uh, maybe we'll leave it there, but how can people find out more about what you're doing? And I think more importantly for, for folks listening, if they're interested in learning more about investment properties in Edmonton, uh, what's the next steps? Yeah. So, I mean, if you Google Calvin Realty, we're kind of everywhere. We have a lot of investor-focused events that we host throughout the year that usually yield between 100 to 200 investors per, per event. So, I mean, if you Google us, you'll find us. We're also all over social media as well. Always happy to answer any kind of questions you might have. No matter how hard the question is, just fire it our way. We'll do our best to, to, to help you out. Always looking at connecting with other people as well. So, Well, thanks so much for taking the time today, Calvin. Uh, super interesting conversation and uh, lots of takeaways. So appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Calvin Hexter, team lead over at Calvin Real Estate in Edmonton. Top-notch guy, Calvin. I really appreciated having him on the program. You, you know what? You look at a guy like Calvin and how he scaled his business, the laser-like focus, the intensity, the intelligence. It's, it's hard not to be impressed by Calvin. When I was monitoring Edmonton a few years back, I had a call with Calvin and he, uh, it was, it was using Zoom, and he basically just got a map of Edmonton, and he had it so, so dialed his approach. He basically mapped out. He said, "Here are the the cash flow areas. Here's what's unique about each area." And then he had a few questions for me, and based on the questions, he placed me almost immediately in what kind of asset class I'd be looking at, and then also what area, like sub area in that marketplace. And then he started pumping deals to me, yeah. just like right off the bat. I'm yet to meet an agent who's who's so focused, right, right. on on that exact thing. And I, I don't even think he works with uh, regular buyers and sellers. I'm I, not. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, but it's just in. But it's so investor focused. Yeah. Um. And it's you know what they say the the riches are in the niches, and and Calvin's focused in, and uh, he's working with people across the country and beyond. I think. Sure. And he works with a lot of people from Vancouver. So it was really great having Calvin on the program. I'm sure our listeners, the VRep community, took a lot away from that today. Matt, what else do we got? We've got some Instagram. I've got a crazy TikTok story. Oh, yeah. Do you want to... That that was... So, something. So that was something. <laughs> Basically, the setup here is I'd never been on TikTok before. I don't think you'd ever been on TikTok. No. We have... Uh, I thought it was like 15-year-olds. We have dancing. somebody helping us with our social media now who's a little bit younger than us. Yeah, quite a bit. And he uh, said, years. you know what? I'm going to throw one of your Instagram videos on the five best investment areas in Western Canada. 
sure. on TikTok. Which was a which I should say was a play on the conversation that we had on the commercial podcast with Frank O'Brien right. from Business in Vancouver. It was or actually it was Western Investors top five right. picks for 2023. You just took that information and, and... And I ran with it for a video because what we're doing is we're reproducing content from our ep- episodes in short form on our Instagram and now on TikTok. So I run with that. Yeah, well, he posted. He not, posted. We don't even know. I He says, you better download this app. Yeah. TikTok. So yeah. I download it. You're getting views. What was it? A thousand views... Every minute or every something. minute, every I, five I hit, minutes. This is I you hit pay I, dirt. I except didn't, you didn't get paid. I actually, I've, I've oh, I just got two more comments. But what's unbelievable is right now there has been two hundred and seventy nine thousand four hundred views on this video, <laughs> and this people is, the comments are fantastic. But here's the thing: very few views on my dance videos. <laughs> Still. Uh, but anyways, you got, I guess you got to follow us at Vancouver real estate pod on TikTok. Right. If you're on TikTok, we got 800 followers just from this one video. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was, it was really impressive. I feel like TikTok is similar to Twitter now that I've spent a grand total of 15 minutes on it. Yeah. Pretty toxic environment, but, uh, but there looks, there looks like there's some good video content on there. The best comment I've had so far is, uh, brought to you by. Trust me, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm. And you took it as a compliment. I, I, hey, I'm, uh, I guess I've been, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's worse things people could have said, I guess. <laughs> I was waiting for the, uh, I was waiting for the, uh, the ad hominems. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there wasn't a ton of those. No, so. no, it was uh, a, a largely positive feedback, at, including on our Instagram. So head over to at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast on Instagram and I get guests at, Vancouver real estate pod on TikTok. Oh no, you're looking at it. You're going down a rabbit hole. I'm, I'm watching I'm, you. I'm just watching. There's a, there are some ad hominems. Oh. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, you'll have to go look for yourself, but yeah, follow us on TikTok, follow us on Instagram. And definitely Adam, check out the new site, which is our uh, proudest achievement, Vancouver real estate podcast.com. Just a very useful website for all things real estate related with the back catalog, the commercial real estate podcast, the live wire. This is our weekly mailer. And of course, private client services. Proudest achievement. I, I well, maybe. A, I mean, that might be, a, you have a daughter. Yeah. Maybe my second proudest achievement. <laughs> if you are not using PCS, you're standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's available at your fingertips over at Vancouver, real Sign up for your own free PCS account. Best way to monitor real estate in Vancouver and Matt, how can people get in touch with you? You know, just as an aside, I'm just realizing we just paid people to build this too. So it's it's my proudest achievement that I didn't even, yeah. I was very, very there's, uh, there's tangentially not a lot of involved, involved in. Yeah. So anyway, if you want to talk about that or anything else, 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also got that Kokomo line info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Well, have a great week, guys. We've got a phenomenal show next week. We've got Wendy Waters Wendy back Waters back in studio. Oh. And I gotta say, this is like, I mean, I love having Wendy on the Wendy on the program, but there's so much gold in this conversation. Oh, it's so just smart. like it's it's constant. It's a it's a stream of gold. So definitely tune in next week as well. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.